0: Hello everyone, it's Mallory with Mallory Jo Mindfulness and this is the Mindful of You podcast. Whether you are an anxious college student or a struggling parent, we can all benefit from being more aware of our thoughts, our actions, and our circle of control. I want to help you be more mindful of you. Let's do it. Hello, everybody. It's Mallory. Welcome to my first bonus episode of the podcast, my first Fast Sunday bonus. So every Fast Sunday, I'm going to do one of these episodes where I'm going to take a conference talk and go through it and kind of apply it to the work that we're doing Here in life coaching, here on this podcast, Um, it's not in a way to tell you like I'm some sort of church leader or prophet, because I'm definitely not. These are all my thoughts, all my opinions. Um, But honestly, I'm doing a lot of this just for me, because I want to be more invested in my church studies, and I want to be more invested in what um, I'm learning there. So for that reason, I have decided to do this. So the first talk we're going to look at um, for this first bonus episode is called Be Ye Therefore Perfect Eventually by Jeffrey R. Holland. Um, I'm not positive which conference it was in. It's not on this paper, but I printed it out um, just because I like to have the physical copy. So if you hear the rustling of papers in the background, that's what that is. So I love the opening to this talk. Um I'm just going to read what he says. The scriptures were written to bless and encourage us, and surely they do that. We thank heaven for every chapter and verse we have ever been given. But have you noticed that every now and then, a passage will appear that reminds us we are falling a little short? For example, the Sermon on the Mount begins with soothing, gentle beatitudes. Beatitudes, Interesting word. But in the verses that follow, we are told... Among other things, not only not to kill, but not even to be angry. We are told not only not to commit adultery, but also not even to have impure thoughts. To those who ask for it, we are to give our coat and then give our cloak also. We are to love our enemies, bless those who curse us, and do good to them who hate us. If that is your morning scripture study, and after reading just that far, you are pretty certain you are not going to get good marks on your gospel report card, then the final commandment in the chain is sure to finish the job. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Wow, yeah, that's a tall order. Jeffrey R. Holland is right. He's right there. That is definitely a tall order. But I... Obviously, we're going to keep reading and we're going to keep finding out more, but I just wanted to share that I was this person, the person concerned about the marks on my gospel report card. All growing up as a young woman, I i was very letter of the law in that I was sure not to dress at all immodestly. I gave a snarky look to the young woman who did um, wear the short shorts or wear the tank tops, and I thought, well, surely I'm getting high marks on my gospel report card because I'm dressing modestly, and I also am sharing in class. I'm bearing my testimony. I'm, I was, because I was an extremely um conceited girl growing up, and I think that's why, like God has had to humble me so much, but I. I I was this person. I I saw the gospel as something to get a good grade on. I think I just kind of have that mindset where I like to get good grades, I like to do things right, and I saw the gospel the same way. Um so why why would God tell us this? Why would God give us this scripture? I mean, we're we're not supposed to be perfect. Yet, here it says, be therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Um, so, I just, I, I hate toxic perfectionism in the church, which is why I love this talk that Jeffrey R. Holland gives, um, and I just want to keep reading about what he has to say. I hasten to say that focusing on the Father's and the Son's achievements, rather than our failures, does not give us one ounce of justification for undisciplined lives or dumbing down our standards. No, from the beginning the gospel has been for the perfecting of the saints till we, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I am simply suggesting that at least one purpose of a scripture or a commandment can be to remind us just how magnificent the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ really is, inspiring us in a greater love and admiration for him, and a greater desire to be like him. So, kind of what he's talking about here is he had aforementioned that um, that this scripture might not be necessarily um, a commandment to us, although although it is. But he's he's saying like the more important part is to give us that humility and that awe for what our God and Jesus Christ. Are actually like, and what is possible for us. Now, having said that, then it's like, well, if it's possible for us, why aren't we that way? And i that's when we go back to the title of the talk of Be Therefore Perfect Eventually. Yea, come unto Christ and be perfected in Him, Moroni pleads. Love God with all your might, mind, and strength. Then by His grace, you may be perfect in Christ. Our only hope for true perfection is in receiving it as a gift from heaven. We can't earn it. Thus, the grace of Christ offers us not only salvation from sorrow and sin and death, but also salvation from our persistent self-criticism. Wow. I need that. I love that. So here he's kind of just, I mean, I'm sure you guys are understanding this as much as I am. I just like to share my thoughts about it. Um, But The grace of Christ is is necessary, which is why perfectionism in the church is so interesting, because it's almost like some of us perfectionists are trying to get away without it. And I know like when we dumb it down into these simple terms, we're all like, oh, yeah, of course I need God. Of course I need Jesus Christ. But then when the time comes where we do need them, we're almost hesitant to admit that we do. It's very interesting. Um, So... He goes on to teach this parable that I want to share with you. Let me use one of the Savior's parables to say this in a little different way. A servant was in debt to his king for the amount of 10,000 talents. Hearing the servant's plea for patience and mercy, the lord of that servant was moved with compassion and forgave the debt. But then that same servant would not forgive a fellow servant who owed him a 100 pence. On hearing this, the king lamented to the one he had forgiven, Shouldest thou not also... Have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee. Um, he goes on to talk about the math of this, basically saying, um, that to dumb it down, like if the smaller, unforgiven 100 pence debt were, say, a hundred dollars in current times, then the 10,000 talent debt so freely forgiven would have approached one billion dollars. Um, As a personal debt, that is an astronomical number, totally beyond our comprehension. (laughs) Then he says, nobody can shop that much. Uh, Have you met me and my mom? Just kidding. I actually don't really buy clothes that much, but the girls in our family do love to shop. Well, for the purposes of this parable, it is supposed to be incomprehensible. It is supposed to be beyond our ability to grasp, to say nothing to say nothing of beyond our ability to repay. That is because this isn't a story about two servants arguing in the New Testament. It's a story about us, the fallen human, mortal debtors, transgressors, and prisoners all. Every one of us is a debtor, and the verdict was imprisonment for every one of us. And there we would have remained were it not for the grace of a king who sets us free because he loves us and is moved with compassion toward us. This paragraph is so important, you guys. He's basically saying, no matter what you do without Jesus Christ, you cannot measure up. I know that sounds like it's sad, but it's not because we can kind of take a sigh of relief. And I know some of you are like, oh, well, just because Jesus Christ died for me, you want me to just like do whatever I want? I can just do whatever I want now. Like I, I don't even have to try. Like it's not all or nothing, guys. There is so much all or nothing thinking in this church of ours where we think we either have to do it all or we might as well not do anything, which is not true. What we do is our best, which I'm going to do a podcast about one day because I, I love and hate the term do your best because it's so subjective like what is my best what what does that mean like my best one day might be running a 5k my best the next day might be getting up and eating some goldfish for breakfast you know so our best is really subjective but that's all heavenly father asks us for and our best also makes mistakes we mess up a lot and I still feel like there are many members of the church who don't quite understand the concept of the atonement of Jesus Christ in the in, in that, first of all, that they can be forgiven if they've done um, something they aren't proud of. But I think where it gets misunderstood more is that unless something, I don't know, extreme happens or if we're actively aware that we're sinning, then we don't need the atonement of Jesus Christ, but we always do because it's in our nature as the natural man to not do this stuff right, to not be like Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. That's why we're simply trying to be like Jesus. Okay. Um, Oh, I like this. We may not be able to demonstrate yet the 10,000 talent perfection the Father and the Son have achieved, but it is not too much for them to ask us to be a little more godlike in little things, that we speak and act, love and forgive, repent and improve at least at the 100 pence level of perfection, which is clearly within our ability to do. Okay, yeah, so we've got this 1 billion pence I don't know what a pence is, but we have this 1 billion pence level. That's where God and Jesus Christ are at. And then we've got the 100 pence level, and that's where we need to focus. So when we talk about improvements, about becoming better people— It's not at God and Jesus Christ's level yet. We are not there yet. I don't comprehend even where they are. But the hundred pence level is the little things that you guys are talking about. Like, well, shouldn't I simply try to be better in these small things? Yes, please do. Please try to be better. Um, But he goes on to say, My brothers and sisters, except for Jesus, there have been no flawless performances on this earthly journey we are pursuing. So while in mortality, let's strive for steady improvement without obsessing over what behavioral scientists call toxic perfectionism. We should avoid that latter excessive expectation of ourselves and of others, and, I might add, of those who are called to serve in the Church, which for Latter-day Saints means everyone, for we are all called to serve somewhere." As a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I have—I mean, I already told you towards the beginning of this episode—I had a habit of judging others. I i didn't really judge people who weren't members of our faith because I was kind of like, oh, like, they don't know, and I i actually tended to extend love to those people a little more easily. My judgment 100% of the time was within the church, a judgment for— Missionaries, judgment for other members of the ward, judgment for maybe members of my family. And it's interesting how I didn't realize that that was part of my perfectionism. I had such a high bar for myself, and something seemed relatively easy for me to do that I didn't understand why other people weren't following these commandments and doing these things. But what's so interesting is that mindset is so toxic because I'm missing all the wonderful things about them, and I'm not following the greatest commandment of all which God gave us to love one another. I believe it's love God and then love thy neighbor. And I think it's so, so interesting that once we learn either one or the other, you can start with either or. Once you either learn to love yourself or you learn to love other people— the perfectionism gets so much better because if you have it bad in either area where you're really judgmental of others or you're really judgmental of yourself it's it's hurting both parties like it's kind of a double whammy like you're gonna if you're judgmental of one you're likely judgmental of the other as well because your standards are just super high and if our standard is simply just to try our best, and for other people to try their best. And accepting that we might know not know what our best or what their best looks like can be so empowering. Because Jesus Christ knows, Heavenly Father knows everybody's hearts, everybody's minds. He re- They really know what's going on. So as we love God, as we love Jesus Christ, and we trust them, our only job is to love ourselves. Our only job is to love other people. We can really get off the judgment seat towards ourselves and towards others. In that regard, Leo Tolstoy wrote once of a priest who was criticized by one of his congregants for not living as resolutely as he should. The critic concluding that the principles the erring preacher taught must therefore also be erroneous. In response to that criticism, the priest says, Look at my life now and compare it to my former life. You will see that I am trying to live out the truth I proclaim. Unable to live up to the high ideals he taught, the priest admits he has failed, but he cries. Attack me if you wish. I do this myself, but don't attack the path I follow. If I know the way home, but I'm walking along it drunkenly, is it any less the right way simply because I am staggering from side to side? Do not gleefully shout, look at him. There he is crawling into a bog. No, do not gloat, but give your help to anyone trying to walk the road back to God. I can't really say it better than that. So <laughs> um, if we admit that honestly and If we admit that honestly and are trying—oh, excuse me—brothers and sisters, every one of us aspires to a more Christ-like life than we often succeed in living. If we admit that honestly and are are trying to improve, we are not hypocrites. We are human. Oh, I love that. May we refuse to let our own moral follies and the inevitable shortcomings of even the best men and women around us— make us cynical about the truth of the gospel, the truthfulness of the church, our hope for our future, or the possibility of godliness. If we persevere, then somewhere in eternity our refinement will be finished and complete, which is the New Testament meaning of perfection. I testify of that grand destiny. Excuse me. (laughs) I testify of that grand destiny made available to us by the Atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ, who Himself continued from grace to grace until His immortality. He received a perfect fullness of celestial glory. I testify that in in this and every hour He is, with nail-scarred hands, extending to us that same grace— holding on to us and encouraging us, refusing to let us go until we are safely in the embrace of heavenly parents. For such a moment, I continue to strive, however clumsily, for such a perfect gift, I continue to give thanks, however inadequately. I do so in the very name of perfection itself, of him who has never been clumsy or inadequate, but who loves us all, who loves all of us who are, even the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So... I I would encourage you to listen to the last episode I did. I chose this talk cuz it went along really well with the messages I I shared there. But something that like that just needs to stop is is the hate and the shame for, towards ourselves and towards other people. I I've been in too many devotionals where the message is not love and I've been talking to too many people who have either left the church or don't want anything to do with it because it's perceived that the message is not love. But God truly, truly, truly loves everyone equally. And if you think you are on some sort of higher ground than that, then you're wrong. And if you think you are somehow beneath that or unworthy of it, you are also wrong. Um, I, it's taken me a while to learn these lessons, to learn that perfection is pending. Um, but it's some of the greatest work that I've ever done because I have never felt closer to God and Jesus Christ than I did when I started acting and living my life in a way that I knew that I needed Jesus Christ. I decided to let go of the perfection and grab onto the love and the human that's inside each and every one of us. And it comes out sometimes still. Sometimes I have particularly high standards for my husband or for myself, and I have to take a step back and realize, well, we're not there yet. We're messy humans. We're not supposed to be there yet. And that doesn't mean I let people walk all over me or that, I don't stand up for myself. Again, that's the all or nothing, all or nothing thinking, talking. But I just, I have this expectation that people are going to fall short, including myself. And you'd think like, oh, with that thought, like, are you, are you falling short like more often? But no, it's, it's more, it was always a reality that I was going to fall short from the perfection that. God and Jesus Christ have achieved because it is literally not possible for me to achieve that right now. So all accepting that sometimes I fall short did was give me relief. It was so relieving. And I learned how to use the atonement of Jesus Christ. And now I know how to repent. I know how to become better. And I know how to talk to God. And all of those things are so much more important than having your shoulders covered. <laughs> and I wish that I could go tell 13-year-old Mallory that, but just as this priest said, let me read, read what he said again, because it was really beautiful. Um, Look at my life now and compare it to my former life. You will see that I am trying to live out the truth I proclaim. Compared to my formal life, I am trying, and people's lives go up and down. That may not be true for you right now, but you you're learning. And I promise, when we fall off the path, or if we stop doing what it is we want it to do, when we come back on, we're ten times stronger for it because we learn the atonement of Jesus Christ. We learn that that whole time we were making mistakes, He still loved us. He still loved us. So. Anyway, that's all for this bonus episode. Um, I'll do another one next month, but the regular podcast will be out on Friday. So I will talk to you guys then. Have a great week. Stay calm.